Amen. Um, good morning, church. Um, I want to start off by reading a, a passage of scripture from uh, the book of Revelation, the 21st chapter. Um, again, uh, the book of Revelation, 21st chapter, and uh, I'll be reading from, or be reading verses 3 uh, through 6. Um, as, uh, as we know, uh, the Apostle John, while he's on well, he's in prison on the island of Patmos, um, has this, I guess you would say, out-of-body experience, um, such that uh, the revelation of, of God was, was given to him. And as it says here uh, in Revelation, the 21st chapter, starting at verse 23, he, he accounts for this revelation with these words and he says i heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and god himself shall be with them and be their god and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water, of, that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Um, period. And obviously there, there are other verses afterwards. Um, and one, one verse, and I guess let's, let's go ahead and read 7 and 8 just to close this thought out. He says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their, have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second debt. Uh, last uh, two Sundays ago, we talked about um, Jesus and about how he was perfectly suited to, to be who he was um, and perfectly suited, created for the purpose of being uh, that sacrifice that was sufficient to uh, redeem all mankind of their sins. Uh, moving forward, uh, last Lord's Day, we talked about just how special we are, uh, but maybe not. Um, certainly special if you were to look at uh, the, the probability of all the, the, all the circumstances and events from, the, from Adam and Eve leading up to your birth. Um, it's phenomenally improbable um, uh, for all things to have occurred in such a way that made made you who you are, even more so, um, making Christ who He was. Uh, but yet and still, we know that uh, in a, a family of, of very rare um, commodities, um, certainly in the universe, that we are not special. Um, we are to live and and to die as as faithful servants. 
Um, and why should we live and die as faithful servants? Because Christ lived and died as a faithful servant. Um, and he is a more rare human being than any one of us will ever be. Um, and as we move forward with uh, the lesson this morning, I want to talk about um, the uniqueness of God. Um, and as I, as I read, uh, just read uh, in the book of Revelations, um, we know that uh, there is only one that sits on the throne. Um, and there is only one who will do all the things that were written there in the book of Revelation as far as wiping away all tears and, and giving us um, rest and reprieve from the lives that we are currently living. Um, he is the only one that uh, can, can say that he is the beginning, the Alpha and the Omega. Um, if there were others who could say that they were the Alpha and the Omega, um, there would be a debate as to which God came first. And there is actually a study. Um, there is a, a subset of anthropologists who um, who have made it their kind of scholarly purpose to look back at the eons of human history to find out which God came first. Um, you know, which which God is the oldest Um but we know that, uh, as it states in Revelations, the, 20, uh, the 21st chapter, that uh, verse number 6, that God is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And that positions Him, certainly, uh, in a position of uniqueness um, in the, and I can't say even in the, the span of time, because He's the beginning and the end. He created time, but... There is none other like him. And I say that to say this, that why uh, it, it seemingly um, we as human beings have continued to reinvent God. Um, if it is a God who, if we don't like uh, the attributes of the Almighty, or maybe rather we don't like um, or we don't agree with the will of God, and I mean just humans in general, I'm not talking about the we, specifically all of us on, on this prayer line this morning, but I'm talking about we as a, as a species. Um, when we disagree with the intents and uh, or tensions and the will of God, as if we know both of those, um, we go about creating our own gods. And that's what the prophet Isaiah warned the, uh, the Jews about in Isaiah, the 46th chapter. And, and we're going to go, go back and, and take a look at that. Um, but uh, before we do so, I want to set the stage for this by, again, reading from uh, another passage of Scripture in the New Testament. In uh, Jude, uh, the... Jude is only one chapter long, so um, starting at verse number 3 of the uh, book of Jude, it says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men, 
turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, that is a, a warning if there, if there ever was one. Um, Jude, um, as he is writing this book, is, is earnestly exhorting uh, the, the recipients of this epistle to be aware of the fact that there will be people that um, come into the picture, those who were preordained way back when, um, who will who will deny that there is only one God. Um, who will maybe not explicitly, but um, but certainly implicitly give the impression that God is not unique, that He is not Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, that He is not the Almighty. Um, or they may say something along the lines of, uh, yes, there is only one God, but he is not the God of, uh, of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac. He is not the father, uh, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They may say he is a God of some other person or group or, um, or religion. Um, but we know that there is only one. Um, how do we know that uh, he is one? How do we know that he is unique? Um, we're going to examine that even further. Um, so if you have your Bibles, let's turn back to the book of Genesis. Now this is, um, obviously, um, you can go back and you can look at uh, uh, John, the first chapter. Um the book of John, the first chapter, where it will highlight this very same thing. But one of the important attributes um, that we must all come to, or one of the attributes that we must have a complete and other belief and faith in is what's written in Genesis, the first chapter and verse number one, which reads, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, which means that from the very beginning, there is only there was only one God, the God, capital G O D, um, who created all the things that came after that. You can look at uh, the span of human history and and look at uh, um, you know uh, you know the Hindu Hindu gods and, and Buddhist gods and um, all of these old old civilizations, if you will. Um, but none of them can has the claim to fame as to the creation of the heaven and the earth. What's the evidence of that? Well, there are some gods, um, and I use the, the, the small G and not the big G, um, in all the various world religions that say, well, you know, the, you, know you go back and you look at the... Egyptian gods and, and all of these things and and humans will say that those were the the God that is referenced here in Genesis the the, uh, the first chapter in verse one that it is those gods that uh, created the the heaven and the earth um, but we know that's not the case and the evidence of no that names are available <clears throat> and the evidence of that. Um, can be seen in 
um, the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, um, we can look at uh, the, the 20th chapter. And there is a... <clears throat> There is a verse here, or a commandment here, that reinforces, again, what uh, uh, Isaiah is going to tell us in Isaiah, the 46th chapter. It says in Exodus, the 20th chapter, in verse number 4, and this is explicitly a commandment that the God, capital G-O-D, gave His people. He told them, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Verse number 5. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And that is important because what uh, the God, G, capital G-O-D, told his, his, uh, his family, his nation, his people, was that he did not want them to create any image, certainly of him or of anything else, and worship it. And, and maybe I'm not uh, getting to the point, so I'll, I'll just say it as directly as I can, is that if there is any lowercase g-o-d that exists on the planet earth that anyone worships or that anyone has fashioned a likeness of that lowercase g-o-d into a physical form or a physical idol, they cannot be the capital g-o-d. Because the capital G-O-D, um, going back here in the book of Exodus, has an explicitly, directly told his people that he is not to be manifested in earthly form, in any way, shape, or form. This same capital G-O-D is the G-O-D that in Genesis, the first chapter and verse number one, created the heavens and the earth. So by definition, anything that anybody who says, well, this is the God, and this is him, this is a physical manifest, he is, this is him, and maybe in a wooden image, or a golden image, or a molten metal image, or whatever other image um, there is that humankind has, has manifested to symbolize or, or to be the G-O-D, it is not, it can't be. Because God is not a God of flesh and bone. God is a spirit. And because he is a spirit, he cannot be um, shown or manifested or exemplified in physical form. Which is directly an evidence that he is the G-O-D, the Almighty. Again, the one who created the heavens and the earth. To that extent, uh, as we read in our scripture reading this morning, in Isaiah, the 46th chapter, uh, verses 1 through 9, he, God, in, in his infinite wisdom through his prophet Isaiah, 
um, you know, gives proof positive to this point by saying that what is a a God, you know, a a, a God who is above humankind, above this physical plane, uh, a God who has all power and all authority. What kind of God um, who has all of those attributes um, would allow himself to be carried about by his subjects? What kind of God would allow his subjects to, or be a burden to his subjects? And this goes back to, you know, a, a message that, uh, you know, Jesus um, gave forth for us in his gospel where, you know, he, he talks about taking on the, uh, the, the light burden of the gospel, certainly of his Father God, the, the God, capital G-O-D. And in the book of Isaiah, the 46th chapter, um, he says in verse number 6, Again, they lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver in the balance, and hire a goldsmith, and he maketh it a god. And that's interesting. That every single idol god on the planet, that, that people say this is in fact God, you know, they, they worship it, <clears throat> as if this image is a god that uh, as if that that thing that was created by the hands of another human being um all the power of the cosmos the power of creation the power of deliverance the power of salvation seemingly exists in that god again in verse number 6 that says they 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 take all of these precious things they hire somebody to make it they fall down and they worship it. <clears throat> Verse number 7 of Isaiah, the 46th chapter. It says, they, they bear him upon the shoulder, they carry him and set him in a place, in his place, and he standeth. <clears throat> From his place shall he not remove. Yea, one shall cry, cry unto him, yet can he not answer, nor save him out of his trouble. Remember this. And show yourselves, men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. And that's an important verse um, to to kind of remind ourselves um, anytime we we look to um, recreate the one and only God. Um, why Why do people make gods to begin with? Um, you can go back and you can look at uh, um, go back and look at uh, what the Israelites, sorry, the Hebrews did in the book of Exodus. When they were not happy with the intentions and/or the will of God, um, being that, being as how Moses took his time coming down from the mount, um, it says that the people, in their fear, in their um, I guess I would say their um, their unhappiness with the fact that God was taking too long with uh, with his servant Moses turned to um, Stephen and said, "Hey, I need you to go ahead and make us a god that that we may worship him and be led by him or be led by it." And that is just nonsensical. Just even in its, even in even in its its logic, 
how humans can, you know, just because they are unhappy with the way things are going, can go ahead and say, well, let's go ahead and make a God and in turn allow that God or to believe that that God is in, 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 in control of us or has the ability to, to change our circumstances in some way, shape, or form. But as it says here in um, Isaiah, the 46th chapter, he says that those types of gods will never move. Even though you will cry out to those type of gods for, for deliverance, it will never answer you. It will never have the ability to save you. Your circumstance will never change because that God is powerless because you created it. And if you're powerless to change your circumstances, how is a creation that you created going to be able to do that in turn? It says in verse number 9, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. God, through the prophet Isaiah in this verse, is showing and proving his uniqueness. He is God. There, there is no, none other God um, whether invented or, <clears throat> well, I guess I could say, there is no other God that can be invented that has the uniqueness, the power, the strength of the Almighty God. Um, one verse um, that we talk about all the time, um, if you have your Bibles, you can go and take a look at uh, Ephesians, the, the fourth chapter. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and um, again, I'm not going to read through it through it all, but uh, you know, verses uh, one through one through six. Uh, but more importantly, in in verse number six um, of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and this is how I know the Bible is is the truth. Um, I know it's the truth because. Um, nowhere in this book does God say, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make an image of me in the form of the most powerful animal, of the most powerful warrior, or take an amalgamation of all the most powerful things, and that's who I want you to think, that's how I want you to think of me. And never once in this book does he say, I want you to take this image of me and I want you to put it in your house or in your places of worship. I want you to bow down to it. I want you to talk to it as if it is me. I want you to think that um, it will answer you as if it were alive. Nowhere in this book does our God require us or ask us or imply to us in any way, shape or form to think of him in any other way other than to think of him as a spirit. And a spirit does not have a physical form. And because it doesn't have a physical form, we can't create an idol or a physical image of the Almighty God. And that's in keeping with the commandments that he gave uh, the, uh, the Hebrews back in Exodus, the 20th chapter, where it says that, God, again, says, you will not, I command you, 
um, to not make any physical image of me or anything else and worship it. To that extent, in, um, in John, uh, the first chapter in verse number one, um, well, I won't say not verse number one, but chapter one, even in its totality, and, and you don't have to turn over there, but um, and I'll reference the, the verse for you if you're taking notes. <clears throat> it says that the um, in verse number three that all things were made by this God, the Almighty God, and without Him was not anything made that was made. He is the original. Um, and as it states here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter and verse number six, there is one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And that is the uniqueness of the, of, of the Almighty God. Whether you choose to believe that He is the Almighty or not, really doesn't matter. He still exists. And He is the one, and that's how I know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is true. Um, because it, it references all of the spiritual things that God is, and none of the physical things that humans make gods out to be. Um, if you have um, your Bibles, <clears throat> um, let's go back to uh, um, Exodus the 46th. Um, and this time, actually, we'll be reading from the 47th chapter. Give you some time to flip over there. Also, some time for me to get to my mark. I'm sorry. Isaiah, the 47th chapter. I've got uh, I've got my my trusty help me to the left of me who um, corrected me this morning. Isaiah the forty seventh chapter. In Isaiah the forty uh, seventh chapter, starting at verse number eleven. Um, actually, let's let's read a. a Start from verse number 10. It says, For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. And this is, uh, if you have a study Bible as I have, this is Isaiah talking to the, uh, the uh, citizens of, of Babylon, or the people of Babylon. It says, For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, None seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thy heart, I am, and none else beside me. And you know what um, Isaiah is, is basically saying here with the, uh, to the Babylonians? Is they're too smart for their own good. He's telling them that their wisdom and knowledge, certainly their, you know, the, the wisdom of the world has perverted them to the extent that they themselves have said that they are the unique ones. That, uh, in essence, God is an invention, or the, the gods certainly 
well, I don't want to say certainly, but in reference to the God that uh, um, Isaiah is a servant of, they say that, um, nope, he's not unique, he's not all-powerful, we are. Um, to the extent you'll notice that uh, in the latter part of verse number, verse number 10, it uses the same vernacular as referenced by Isaiah in verse number 9 of Isaiah, the 46th chapter. I am. Their wisdom and knowledge perverted them that they themselves, that they thought of themselves as God. I am and none else beside me. Interesting. That's almost exactly what uh, Isaiah said about the Almighty God in verse number 9. Where at the latter part of that it says, I am God and there is none like me. Continuing on in the 11th verse of Isaiah, the 47th chapter, it says, Therefore shall evil come upon thee. Thou shalt, not know, thou shalt not know from whence it riseth, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thine enchantments, and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so be thou, if so be thou shalt be able to profit, if so be that... If so be thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly uh, prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that thou that shall come upon thee. And that's a that's a challenge right there. Um, Isaiah as a as a mouthpiece for God is say, go to your people who think they're as wise and knowledgeable as the Almighty. Go to your astrologers, your stargazers, your horoscope writers, you know, and that really speaks to, you know, these monthly prognosticators. You know, you can go to your newspaper and, and you know, get a monthly, weekly, daily horoscope. You know, you can... Go to your dear Janes or dear Abbeys and, and all of these various other um, prognosticators who um, people treat and worship as if they are gods. To the extent that, you know, they go to them with all of their troubles. You know, dear Abby, you know, I have a question for you or I'm suffering or I'm challenged and I need help. I need strength. I need guidance. I need uplifting. Please provide that to me. Um in spite of the fact that you go through the same challenges that I do, right? Their wisdom and knowledge perverted them to believe that they were gods and that there was none like there was none like them. So the challenge is out there. If you feel like you have the power when you're in times of need, when you're in times of trouble, when you are faced with life and death situations, go to those people. And see if they're able to save you. Certainly, on the day of judgment, go to those people and ask them for ask them to to uh, uh, to be saved from as we just as we read in the opening of this lesson, Revelation the twenty first chapter, where it says that um, all idolaters will have their place in the lake of fire and brimstone, which is the second death. 
But if you believe those individuals that are written here um, in Isaiah, the 47th chapter, go to them and see if they will be able to save you from that certain fate. It goes on to say in verse number um, in verse number 14 of Isaiah, the 47th chapter, it says, Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm it, nor a fire to sit before it. They, sh they shall, thus shall they be unto thee with whom thou hast labored, even thy merchants from thy youth. They shall wander every one to his quarter. None shall save thee. And that's the power. <clears throat> well, I guess I would say that is the power of logic. The logic is simply this, and I, and I hate to uh, sound like a, a broken record. We know that the scripture tells us that, that our God is not a God that can be made with human hands. He tells us that explicitly. And um, after the... Uh, after the Song of Invitation, I'll give you the exact verse because I, I lost my mark um, for that verse. But we all know it's there. Um, and if if you have any doubt that it exists, I, I challenge you to go find it um, because you will find it. God tells us that he is not a God, a God that can be made with human hands because he is a spirit. And by virtue of the fact that God, that the Almighty God cannot be made out, made by human hands, is proof positive that He is the Alpha and the Omega. Because all of the lowercase G-O-Ds that have come after the, the creation um, that's uh, accounted for in the book of Genesis are false gods. Because they can be made... By human hand. So if anybody says this is a this is the Almighty God, you know this this cup or this you know this wooden image or this golden image, um, by virtue of the fact that they were made with human hands, that's not the only evidence, but certainly is the first one that that shouldn't come to mind that it is not a God; it is an idol. Um, it has no more value to you in your life than the value of its of its parts. Um, it has no ability to move other than the power that you give to it by picking it up and moving it from one place to the other. It is like the monthly prognosticators, the astrologers and stargazers that Isaiah spoke of in uh, the 47th chapter, that when the tough gets going... Or rather, when things get tough, they get going. They have no ability to save your eternal soul from or eternal damnation. The only God that exists in the universe, the Almighty God, is the one who can do that. The one, as we just got through reading in the book of Revelation, the 21st chapter, that sits on the throne. He is the only God that can wipe away all tears and all, all sorrows. He is the only one that uh, 
can, can make all things new. He is the only one who is the Alpha and the Omega. So the lesson is yours this morning. Um, hopefully some words of, of truth, well, I know some words of truth have been spoken because they came from the book, but hopefully some words that, uh, that were spoken um, can be imparted in your brain and your memory as you go forth uh, into this new week. Um, you know, we, we can't, uh, we, we have to avoid um, as much as possible. Um, those ungodly men that, that Jude spoke of, um, that will creep in unawares, as he says, um, that deny the only Lord God. We have to be wary of those individuals. We have to be wary of anybody who will come into the fold and say, no, the, the Almighty God that's written in the book is not the God, um, or he shares his power and authority with other lowercase gods, lowercase g-o-d-s. We also have to be wary of thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Certainly being like the Babylonians um, with all of their wisdom and knowledge, thinking that we are gods. You know, I'm, I, 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 <clears throat> There are, well, I, 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 I hate to even reference it because every time I, I think about it, it, it turns my stomach. But, you know, there are popular music, music, um, musicians, rappers, um, sports people, politicians. Um, one such politician that comes to mind that, again, when I think about it, I won't even speak it, but... There are people who are like those Babylonians, who, you, who, have, who have allowed their wisdom and knowledge to pervert them, um, who say that, you know, I am a God. You know, there's, you know, people who, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just be blunt and say it, right? There are, there are people who carry guns. And the only reason why they carry guns is because it gives them what, uh, you know, professionals say, and, and I'm not a professional, so I'm going to put this in air quotations, the God complex, right? They've got their finger on the nuclear arsenal. They've got their finger on the trigger. You know, they can take a life at any moment, right? They are so powerful that they can, you know, you know, change the fortunes of, of, of anybody at a given notice at a given time. And that gives them the power, right? That gives them the feeling of being a God. Because they, have the, the, because they feel like they have control over someone's well-being and someone's life. But that's not our God. That's not the Almighty God. And I just want to leave you with, with this final verse, and then uh, I'll be done. <clears throat> um, give me a second to...
find it. So I think this is fitting. I wish there was some elevator music that I could play instead of the uncomfortable silence while I try to find this verse. Um, give me a second here. Man, I cannot find it. Um, so I'll reference it, and again, um, I apologize. I, I don't have this mark. It just it just came to mind, and I don't have the book, chapter, and verse readily available in my memory. Um, but <clears throat> we know that the Scripture tells us that um, there is only one person who we should fear. Um, the Scripture tells us that we shouldn't fear the man who can destroy the body, but fear the one who can destroy both the body and the spirit. And I guess that you know, speaks counter to you know, those individuals who have, um, who have weapons or who feel like they you know, can take a life in any moment. Um, that, is, that is in and of, it, in and of itself not a unique enough attribute to make yourself a god just because you can pull the trigger or press the button for the nuclear warhead. The uniqueness of God is that he can destroy both your life and also damn your soul to eternal damnation. There is none other person, um, physical and or spiritual, that has the ability to do that other than the Almighty. So again, the lesson is yours. If you have been living your life contrary to His will, um, if you have been idly, if you have been idly worshiping a lowercase G-O-D, um, if you have been, you know, perverting yourself with your own wisdom and knowledge um, to the extent that uh, you feel like, yeah, I can do what I want. I'm the master of my own ship. You can get that right this morning. You can come to God in the spirit of repentance and ask Him for forgiveness. Um, if you are not a member of the body of Christ, there is a plan of salvation that you must hear and that you must be taught. Um, you must believe that plan of salvation. Uh, you must repent of your wayward living. Um, you must confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And you must go down in the water grave of baptism. Um, in order to be added to the fold and live faithfully until death, in order to uh, make heaven your home. Um, the verse I was looking for is uh, Matthew, the 10th chapter, and verse number 28. Uh, again, where it says, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to, which is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. And that was the verse I was looking for. Thank you, sister. And that's uh, Matthew, the 10th chapter, and verse number 28. So, um, after we sing the song of invitation, the floor will be yours um, for anyone who is in need uh, of a prayer. Thank you very much for your time.